JoeBertigan.com. This segment of On the Record is presented to you by Ken Sports, and I'm here with a, uh, a living legend, I guess you could say, and a guy who's kind of the poster child for people that just don't, uh, they refuse to get old, uh, Jerry Munster, who, as we talk now in March of 2021, how old are you now, or how young are you, I should say? I am currently 79. And you'll be 80 when the race season is underway, correct? In May, yeah, yeah. Wow, so, and you're still going to be wheeling an IMCA modified. Um, your story's been chronicled, I guess, just to start out with. What keeps you going? I mean, you're in fairly good health. Uh, uh, you're still somewhat competitive, too, on the track. Uh, what keeps you going out there each week? It's it's just something I've enjoyed all my life. I have a hard time giving it up. Right. And I, I really do enjoy going out there and doing that. Love racing with these guys. It's There's a bunch of new competitors, which is a lot of fun. Right. So, haven't raced with those too much yet, but uh, still a few of the older ones, but not quite so many left anymore. But it, it gives me some drive, something to do uh, at this age. you got to have something to look forward to in the morning when you get up. And you do, neat. and if you look at uh, across the country, Red Farmer from Alabama, he's older than you. He's he makes, older than He me. makes you look, and he's still going strong. He's older than me, and he's still going strong, yeah. Yeah, he's probably... Uh, Seven, eight years older than I am yet. Wow. So, running uh, the late model stuff. So let's go back to how it all started in the 60s. You started out in the good old days when people ran the coops. You built your own stuff. Tell us what it was like back then in that era. Uh, where you raced and, and uh, how you got the parts for your race cars. Well, we uh, originally we'd go find a car, drive around the countryside, go up to Upper Michigan, whatever. You see some of these old coops parked behind the barns and stuff. Sure. You just stop and you talk to the farmers and whatnot. And pretty soon you bought a car for 25, 50 bucks. Wow. Drag it back home, cut it all apart. And uh, it's kind of a shame, actually, because some of those are really nice cars. And cut it apart and put a well, uh, well, a roll cage in it. And you go to the junkyard and you find whatever parts you need. And that was your race car. And that was it. Um, look, compared to the safety measures and, and safety equipment that you have available in 2021, compared to those those crudely kind of constructed coupes, uh, night and day. I mean, you have any horror stories about how maybe unsafe those things were and in, uh, in the in the racing culture back then? Yeah, actually, as I look back, that was not a, the brightest thing we ever did. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a gas can strapped down to the floor next to us, next to the seat. Where you could get at it to fill it and sure and whatnot. The battery was inside the car with you, strapped to the floor. Right. And the roll cage. Well, we weren't much for welders back then. So right. You take some rusty old water pipes and weld them together, and maybe use a drive shaft for a pipe or whatever. <laughs> whatever you could find, out. right? Yeah. And you tack that together, and probably it was more dangerous if you would have left the roll cage out of the car. You would have been better off. Oh, geez. Because if you're rolling things over, the cages would collapse and they'd bang around, and it was not a safe environment whatsoever. But it, it slowly but surely it started evolving, and we got to be a little better at it, and cars got better. So, I mean, talk about the Brown County Fairgrounds in De Pere. Uh, I miss that place dearly. Uh, you raced uh, a lot, not only on the paved third mile, but also on the bigger half mile. And I believe there's a story you talk about where. Uh, you were able to w run win features on both tracks one night, but under an alias. Tell us that story. Yeah, we uh, we ran the half mile on uh, on the dirt. Was Jack Peters the promoter and, back then, or was it John Marcus? John Marcus started off. He was the, the guy when I first started. Right. 
and Peters came after that, but I raced under both of those guys and Kazarowski and sure. the whole bunch. But, uh, yeah, we started off, we raced a half mile under my name, and I got lucky that night and won a feature. And then uh, my sponsor, Joe Sharon Brock from Joe's Auto, he uh, had some coupes there, too. Right. And he said, uh, we got a coupe here, you can run that on the short track, too. Sure. Because they don't want to run the same name on both tracks. It's not good for the crowd to see that. You know? Sure, sure. He said, don't care if you run, but just use an alias. What was your alias? So my alias was Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Munster or Joe Sharonbrock? Joe Sharonbrock. Wow. Uh, and you won both both so features won, that night? I won the feature on both tracks that night. Two features in a night. That was a highlight. <laughs> Tell us the story, which has been chronicled. What got you back into racing? And in an IMC modified, it was actually an old-timers race with a guy by the name of Wally Wise. Uh, tell us that story. Yeah, my old friend Wally. I didn't really know him at the time, um, but there was an old-timers race going on at Luxembourg. And so I, I wanted to go watch that. So uh, he walked in down in the pits and stuff, and this guy hails me down, and he said, Jerry, uh, yeah? He said, uh, you want to race my car tonight? <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't planned on that, but yeah, yeah why not? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'd probably like that. Sure. So yeah. No, Eddie was not in a modified yet at this time either, uh, was not he? Yeah, no, no. He was still doing motocross, right? Yeah, this was the year before we got him into racing. Sure. And so I, I uh, that was Wally Wise that, that hailed me down there, and uh, he got me into his car, and I got out there, and we started going, and I got a little tangle up and bent up some bars, and got another tangle up and spun out and bent up some bars. Yeah. Finally got the hang of it and got up to the top side of the track and went around and won the old timers race. No kidding. So this that, is probably, what, 87, 88 maybe? That was 1987. Yep. And 88, I started back in full-time and modified. That's and you, what got me going, Well, It was his fault. Wow. <laughs> so, And you haven't you haven't slowed down since, have you? Well, I, I would say I'm probably not as quick as I used to be. Right. But uh, I sh I'm having as much fun as I always did. So. Right. You stuck kind of with the half miles over the years. Uh, you ran Anago regularly. Uh, you're a member of the Hall of Fame there and at Shano and at Luxembourg Speedway. Um, why the half miles? A little bit easier uh, driving-wise? Or uh, what's your thoughts on sticking with that? I know you and Eddie have, have kind of made Shano uh, kind of a home track of sorts uh, in recent years. And why is that? I like the half mile. I, I like the speed, actually, is the main thing. Right. And uh, it gives me a little longer to think down the straightaway for your next corner. Right. <laughs> which I appreciate that more now than I used to. Sure. But I always like the half mile for the speed. Right. What's been the biggest change you've seen in, in a career that has spanned decades? I mean... You get the safety factors, you know, the cost of everything, the maintenance of the cars. What's been the biggest factor, in your opinion, just from owning and driving a race car? The main thing I see is uh, the evolving of the cars. It made it so expensive for these young guys to get into it. Now it's it's bad. Before, like you say, we buy a car for 50 bucks and you make it a race car out of it. Sure. And now it just costs a fortune. They changed all the suspension rules. The cars are, they hike up now when you get on the gas and... All that speed stuff costs money. Tires now, you got to run new tires every couple weeks or, or you're not competitive. You have to uh, have your tires siped and ground and whatnot every race. Yep. Or you're not competitive. Sure. And it's just everything got so far out of hand. The shock programs are unbelievable. 
right. you can passenger car shocks now. You got to get specialized shocks. So that's a lot of money there too. That's our biggest changes. Other than that, driving, just driving styles are different with the new style cars, of course. But driving is driving, you know. Right. Racing is racing, and you're still doing the same thing, trying to beat the next guy. Yes. Any crew members who who have been loyal to you over the years, and who are going to be in your corner in 2021 as we get ready to go get the season going here soon? Well, I don't have a real big crew anymore. Uh, Wally kind of faded out on me last year, um, which I can understand. He's got other things to do too. Sure. His brother Harley is a, a big help now. He stepped up and does our tire program for us. And we've got another guy, uh, Rick Stolfus, that helps out Eddie and me both. Right. So, and now my grandkids are getting into the modifieds this year. And you can say their names too. Yeah. That would be Jerry Vanderloop and JJ Vanderloop. Yep. And they'll be in the sport mods this year. And they're also now stepping up and helping me do some of the work that we have to do at our shop. Which, uh, from what I understand, you've been the one hanging the bodies on the cars over the years. I mean, that can be a time-consuming thing too, can it? It takes me a lot of time, yeah. I, I completely make new bodies for each of the cars every season. Right. And then keep them up there in a year. So, yeah, that, that's a lot, of, a lot of work too. So, 2021, what are your goals for the racing season? As you'll be racing at the age of 80. I mean, that's an accomplishment in itself. What, do you set any goals? Or are you just out there to have fun and be competitive? First, first of all, the fun part is the main thing. Right. And if it's not fun, then we're not going to do it, of course. But I do have goals. I mean, sure. they're not as set as high as they used to be. Right. But I want to remain in the top 10 in the standings on any track that I run at a regular basis. Sure. As long as I can be in the top 10, I feel um, competitive then. Right. So you're not just following people around. Uh, are you going to take it year by year? Or do you have any plans? Okay, at this age, I'm going to quit racing? or Because your, your ages match your car number now, but... Uh, do you show any signs of slowing down? You're kind of an inspiration for the guys in their 60s and early 70s. Hey, I'm going to keep doing this. What are your thoughts on that? Or do you simply take it year by year? Well, now it's probably will be year by year whether I want to or not. But right. uh, I'm going to go keep on going as long as I'm enjoying it and as long as I'm physically capable of enjoying it. Sure. If it's not enjoyable, then, of course, it's done. But Right. Uh, they say when your when your age reaches your race car number, you're supposed to hang it up. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, I maybe I'll have to change my race car number. <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts of ever going back to an old retro paint scheme like the old Black Magic 50 car or something down the road? Absolutely. I think about that kind of stuff a lot. I I did that uh, about six years ago. I went back to my old '79 car and made it the same as my 1988 car. Yep. And That's cool. I, I did that over again, so now that one's done. So then I changed to four, and uh, not four anymore. My granddaughter is now four. Right. And uh, now we're back to 79, but yeah, I think uh, you might see some retro stuff yet. Nice. Thanks for the time, Jerry Munster, going strong yet in 2021. Good luck this year. Thank you, Joe, and appreciate it. Appreciate all you do for racing, too. Thank you.